and welcome to A Competitive Couple, a podcast all about great games you can play on your tabletop as a twosome. I'm Charlotte Collins and with me is Jamie Chad. Hello, happy Hello. to be back in the podcast world, the podcast sphere. It has been a little bit of a while but we are back now, hopefully for... For life. I mean, this is... We're, we're, <laughs> us and you, listeners, we're now married, okay? This is it. Till death do us part. We're here. Till 2050. But well, that will be... Because hologram tech will be about at some point, And it'll be like a hologram cast. And that's where it gets interesting. I suppose one thing that came about in the interlude is that we kind of wanted to change the format around a little bit, didn't we? And we so do. I think this, this episode is going to be a little bit different to what we've done in the past and kind of a bit more of an indicator of what we're going to do a bit more in the future which is do it more like a game an episode so we've got a bit more time to really kind of get in on get in on our tagline actually isn't it yeah. it's about what you know playing games with just two people and very rarely have we actually touched on that <laughs> so we're going to remedy that a little bit aren't we? yeah yeah uh, so today's podcast is about pandemic legacy season two the sequel to pandemic legacy season one which was a thrilling roller coaster of a ride that we played in 2017. We've been playing season two over 2018, and it finally came to conclusion at the end of the year. We had a lot of fun, and so this podcast is going to touch on what we liked about the game, what we didn't like about the game, a month-to-month sort of review of how our game went, because we did play kind of one or two games per month, pretty much. There is going to be spoiler-free for this kind of first bit of the podcast, and then we'll, we'll, we'll send the spoiler klaxon out with this big sound, and that's your cue <laughs> to just stop listening if you haven't bought the game or played any of it or don't want to know any of the cool stuff that happens. Yeah, uh, understand that? You're in agreement there? There'll be a spoiler klaxon oh. in maybe five minutes, ten minutes or something like that. <laughs> and then just stop listening if you don't want to be spoiled. Is that, a, is that a big enough spoiler warning? You've given me quite the task now. I've got to try and find a spoiler klaxon sound effect. So thank you. I was going to... Yeah, I mean, you could do that. <laughs> I was just going to like... Oh, we'll make it myself. very obvious, won't we? So, so yeah, so to start with, in this spoiler-free discussion, we're just going to um, talk about what the game is, what it does, what is Pandemic, or Pandemic Legacy Season 2, those sort of basic mechanic-type things, the nitty-gritty stuff. So Pandemic, if you don't know, is a cooperative game, usually one to four players, the base game, where you, you save the world from an infectious disease represented by little cubes that kind of spread around the whole world and have big epidemics and things like that. And your job is to clear the world and cure the world of all the diseases using these special character abilities. Pandemic Legacy Season 1 came out a few years ago and it introduced the whole legacy aspect where you'd play one or two games a month for an entire sort of calendar year, was the aim. And it had sort of narrative threads come out of it, things changed. You stuck stickers on, you got new rules, you got new components. The board went all haywire, you were ripping up stuff. All that cool cool stuff. Uh, Pandemic Legacy Season 2 does the same sort of thing, pretty much. The legacy stuff is still there, you know. You've got stickers, you've got characters, you've got new components throughout the whole year of it. The two biggest changes in Legacy Season 2 are, one, this fog of war, where um, you only get, like, the North American segment to start with. The rest of the world only appears as you go on and you stick it down on stickers. and So you only start with a very small segment, completely different, so you don't start with the whole world. And I think, depending on how your playthrough goes, the world looks probably different at different stages of, of the game. The second biggest thing is that instead of trying to keep cubes off the board, you're now trying to put cubes on the board because they kind of flip the mechanics. So instead of getting rid of disease cubes, you're actually going to put cubes on which are supplies for all the cities. And there's only sort of eight disease plague cubes in the game. And your job is to keep cities full of supplies so that the plague cubes don't go down. So a bit of a change up and it takes you a while to get your head around that if you're used to the old pandemic. Yeah, that's kind of 
the big change to the game. Those two, I think. So we'll try and give you kind of an idea of what we felt about the game without spoiling the experience of it. So I mentioned the mechanics briefly. That shouldn't really be spoilers because as soon as you open the box and play your first practice game, you're going to know them. Know them. They're not spoilers. Probably on the back of the box as well. That's like telling you the name of a movie when you've watched the movie. It's not a spoiler. That's just what it is. That's on the box. Um, <laughs> so uh, we've each just thought of a few words to kind of give you an idea of what we felt and you know, how we felt once we completed the game and after like six weeks or so since we finished it now. So Charlotte, would you like to give us one of your three words to start off with? Overload. <laughs> and and what does overload mean to you in this in this context about pandemic legacy? There was a lot to take on over the course of it. That's all I can really say without sort of spoiling what specifically that... <laughs> caused me to feel <laughs> overload. Yep. I think I think that's a fair word. Uh, my first word. Your first word. <laughs> my first word. Mama. No, it's. Fiddly. Mm. Fiddly in the sense that the legacy game brings a lot to the table and that's not a metaphor. There's a lot on the table by the time you get to the end, the ending months. That's true. And similar to season one, there's probably points in the game where suddenly all the things become a little too much and there's a lot to and fro with the instruction manual. Yeah. Which is I, fine. I mean, especially for you, you were kind of chief setter up chief setter games upper. in our flat. Yeah. And you had quite the job with this game. And that leads probably on to my, my second word. It's tiring. <laughs> because, especially as in some, depending on, you know, the, the randomness of it and how well you're doing, potentially the setup can be longer than the game. And you don't really have much control about that. You might just get a bad roll of the dice you know, as a matter of speaking. And that seems tiring to me. It's And it's also tiring in the fact that there's a long setup and some games can last a long time. So you can never really predict how long you're going to be playing Pandemic Legacy because you could just get steamrolled or you could be there three hours later meticulously trying to plan out the next three moves in the only combination that'll keep you alive. Uh, well, my second word, I've actually changed my mind now as I'm okay. just thinking of it. I'm going to say difficult because yep. that is honestly what I thought. I thought it was a difficult game overall and we'll probably be getting more into that later. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that affected kind of my overall opinion a bit. Sorry, my foot just slid on the chair. Uh, and it sounded like slip. a foot part chair okay. wood thing. So. That's allowed. Yeah. But yeah, so I would say... Um. My last word is ridiculous. I've kind of cheated here because ridiculously good and bad at the same time. We love Legacy Season 1 because it was pretty awesome. Season 2, I would rate quite highly on the whole um, because some of the stuff is quite cool. To start with, the art is ridiculous. I freaking love the design of this game. I think it looks amazing. But also, it just gets ridiculous in the sense that there's so much going on. And yes, it's a difficult game, but there's difficult that you can cope with and difficult where it just seems to come a bit unhinged towards the end and becomes a bit mad hattery of a game where stuff is happening everywhere. And you're like, oh, this is ridiculous. For sure. Did I say ridiculous enough then? I think you did. I think you nailed it. All right, thanks. Nailed it. No, well, I can't remember what she says in nailed it. She says nailed it. Oh, that's good. My last word is exploration, because I did also want to have a positive word in there somewhere. Um, And I think that kind of 
sums up the more positive experience of it for me quite well. There is so much to explore in this game. It is, I would say, more like kind of akin to like an open world game in some respects, as a board game mm. can be, because you really do have options to sort of find out different things at different points in the game, which I think it was a lot perhaps stricter in uh, season one yep. in that respect. But um, yeah, the level of exploration in this game, especially like you say, with the fog of war aspect, great yeah yeah like yeah that. i think exploration yeah on the map but i think you've got that narrative as well yes. that's a bit more like you said choose open worldly there's like other things in there not just the main thrust but there's other little things you can do if you find time in a game or you can make it your main focus of a game it does definitely feel that sort of more you're in control of the narrative a bit more and you can explore Absolutely. what you want which is yeah. which is quite good i think yeah i think it's interesting actually you mentioned um Artwork. I think that's quite a good thing we could actually discuss a little bit more because I agree with you. I think the art style of the game, it's it's great, isn't it? Like I had a quick look at um, season one again, and it's just changed so much from that point because that emulates kind of pandemic, like you said earlier. Very vanilla pandemic, isn't it? Yeah, because it's very much presenting you with, hey, this is pandemic. Oh wow, now it's kind of changed. Yeah, you know, gradually. Whereas this is very much not your usual pandemic is it yeah. but the uh the kind of they've kind of gone with a bit of a post-apocalyptic kind of most mad max yep. style vibe haven't they and I, I love that element of it especially one of my favorite elements the character um cards i really do uh, it's just such a small touch but the the character stickers and kind of choosing characters to put on your yeah. on your cards and the the design of those they're just really <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. They've kind of stepped up. So, like, season one was very much here is pandemic and here's legacy stuff. Here is literally like it really all is about the whole design and theme coming together to actually make that legacy an actual thing and not just a mechanic. This is like a reason why this is a legacy game. We've got these characters in this world and this design and this narrative push driving it forward. And I think that's. I mean, we haven't. I think pandemic's only a legacy game, right? One and two. We haven't played another legacy game, have no, we? Yeah. So we haven't played any other legacy games. There's probably not too many out there, at least that didn't come out, that haven't been out, you know, before this was out. So the subsequent ones, like um, yeah, Betrayal. Kind of but the ones that came out around this time and beforehand probably didn't have this sort of strong sort of narrative design cohesion behind it. I think they all looked just like games that, this is a game, this is legacy mechanics, let's put them together. Well, I think this has kind of started off that big trend now that legacy games need to mean something to really have that legacy on them, um, which is, I think, a big plus in season two's favour. So, I mean, I guess it comes down to, at the end of the day, would we recommend this game, having played it? I think if you like season one, definitely. Um, I think if you haven't played season one, do that first. And if you didn't like season one, probably won't like season two for me i do think both pandemic legacy games are good two-player games um it's a gaming experience that on the whole i would recommend doing like i'm glad that we played both season one i remember as being outstanding season two is good but our experience of it was also one of immense frustration uh, but I can also recognise that someone could play this and have a wildly different experience. Say, so, bottom line is, if you like season one, season two is probably worth getting. 
you might find it easier or harder, better or worse. Just measure your expectations. That's what I'd recommend. I think it's very much a game that you probably form strong opinions of within a couple of plays, Mm. maybe only a quarter of the way through. I'd say, though, you might get to a point where you think, I don't like this game, I'm going to give up. But I would still say you've got to play it all the way through to the end, perhaps. I don't know. Well, the metaphor I think of is probably How I Met Your Mother Season 9. You may not be enjoying it, but you really want to see how it ends. So that's if you are struggling with this season two at any point, and you might do, you might lose four games in a row like we did, but it's probably still worth plugging away, grabbing the highlights that it does offer you, trying to win the odd game if you can or whatever, and just see how it ends. And then, yeah, I think that's probably the way forward. Perfectly put, perfectly put. Thanks. Okay, we've had a little chat about the game spoiler free, but this point onward, there will be spoilers for the whole of Pandemic Legacy season two, and some spoilers of Pandemic Legacy Season 1. If you've yet to play them, maybe stop and go and listen to one of our other episodes or join us again next episode, where we promise things won't be quite so spoilery. But for now, get your biohazard suits on, as we're about to enter spoiler-infested territory. You have been warned. came out of nowhere and ravaged the world. Fever, cough, sores and death. Once infected, most died within a week. Nothing could stop it. The world did its best. It just wasn't good enough. So, welcome fellow rebels. Pretty much a year ago, uh, we opened our box of Pandemic Legacy Season 2. Here were our reactions. What are you expecting? What are your predictions? I, I, I don't know. It feels like we're going to be definitely fighting some crazy, crazy mutants or something by the looks of these characters. I mean, that guy's got face paint, that guy's got a gas mask. I mean, do you think we're going to have another, like, one disease that's, like, bad? Yeah, there in will the same be. way that the there first game? But there's, I mean, plague. So, I mean, it's clearly oh, a bad yeah. thing there, right? Yeah, there's definitely. plagues and I like that kind of art, though, because it looks all kind of, like, retro. Do we open it? I'm so excited. <laughs> Oh, what does it say? Okay. Dear Pandemic Enthusiast. Oh, yeah. Thanks for acquiring Pandemic Legacy Season 2. We hope you guys have as much fun playing it as we had developing it. Oh, that is amazing. It looks cool. Oh, so... Oh, I Look at these it. character pictures. <gasps> oh, the art And stuff. jobs. Oh, look and at those. I like the design last time of the um, dossiers, didn't they? They yeah. had the whole top secret vibe. It's cool. This is kind of like Cold War style. Yeah, a little bit run down, kind of vintage-y. Oh, oh, the number of boxes Standard are back. boxes. So what we've we got in here? So we've got the dossiers, we've got the character stickers, we've, got, we've also got jobs. That's really cool. So maybe that replaces like roles? Home, age, place of death. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, brutal. Oh, it was good to see we still got share knowledge. That was like a... Share knowledge. We like a share knowledge. Game, wasn't it? A dry, ferry, sail, 
share knowledge, build supply centre, and that's literally pretty much it. Oh, Recon, make supplies, Re- deliver supplies. Recon. 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 Hang on, what did you say? It's Recon, not Recon. No, it's Recon. Oh, it is Recon. recon. <laughs> I have problems It's like with you've that. never played a war game. <laughs> <laughs> never played a war game. Now, of course, first thing you do is name your havens and create your characters. I'm a nosy sort, so I asked around on Instagram what people name their havens and characters. The Meeple Man named their havens after fast food joints. So you have KFC and Subway, and then name the character names kind of tied in with those. Uh, so you had shakes, fries, and salty. Oh, I, l- I like salty. I love salty. Oh, I wish oh, with, like the sailor salty. called salty yeah, would be amazing. But it was much better than what we chose. Yeah. And then Bordiax had some really um, great names, and they uh, their havens were Aladon, Nares, Tila, Nock, and Carlo, and their characters were Ernest and Celestine. I don't know if I pronounced those right, but those are beautiful names. They're cool. Very inventive. I like I like that a lot. I was almost called Ernest, you know. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I was almost called Celestine. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I wasn't. That'd be amazing. I was almost called Gemma. They sound like names that you'd find in Essos in Game of Thrones. I was going to say like Greek gods. Anyway, as for our characters, let's go back in time to a year ago when we first sat down and began scribbling on those character cards. I totally want this awesome looking girl here with the crazy like bubbles in her hair. I don't really... Nice. I like it. Oh, I've got to come up with some cool names, Jamie. Like, cool post-apocalyptic names. Yeah, pretty sweet, aren't they? I'm going to call think? mine McDonald, and he's going to be the farmer. Okay. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. I love it. Too far, I quite like the name Max for a girl. Yeah, do it. So she's going to be Max. Uh, age, how old is yours? She's 30, 32. She's pretty old. She's going to be the radio operator, is our Max. She's like the Charlie Kane of the pandemic world. Oh my gosh, Charlie yes. Kane being the politician in Arkham, uh, Eldritch Horror, who just chucks stuff from the shop around the world. Yeah. Whoever needs it. Yeah, she's the supply gal, doesn't she's she? She's a supply She's gal. not really a radio operator, unless we're getting, ooh, unless we're getting radio at some point. But I don't know. I don't I really get where the radio... Like, <laughs> give me some supplies. <laughs> <laughs> Why are they like a 1940s newsreader? <laughs> no, it's like a walkie-talkie. <laughs> No, it's, it's more the... Go oh, give me the surprise. surprise. It's your stock, <laughs> the 1940s new surprise. Sure. My other one's going to be called River. She kind of looks a bit like Benedict Cumberbatch, I have to she say. Does, actually. She has yeah. the, the kind of, like, bouffant kind yeah. of hair going on. And some banging, like, you know, facial marks. the shoulder jellyfish. Lovely. And the shoulder jellyfish. Yeah. And the snud. I want, to, I want this guy, and I'm going to call him Axel. Oh yes, I, that's a... I love it. I mean, we're conforming to yeah. typical gender roles here, but do you think he should be the labourer, <laughs> or should she? <laughs> I think he'd be a good uh, administrator. Uh, oh no, yeah, he'd be a labourer. He looks pretty bulky. He does, doesn't he? But it's pretty yeah. hench. Can I give the instructor to River? Is that okay? Yes. Thank you. Where do you think River's from? She can start in Pawnee with Axel. Yeah, she can start in Pawnee. How old do you reckon she is? How old did you make? Your guys. Axel. Wow, Axel's 44. And McDonald's 32. Okay. Max is 23. What? How old do you reckon River is? Like 27. Oh no, maybe 19. She'd be pretty cool. Oh, what, like a really young... Yeah. yeah. Yes, I love it. Okay, 19, we've got one eh? more what face we want to use. Uh, what's the remaining role? Administrator. Who looks most like an administrator? <laughs> to be fair, it's not like, you know, sits at a desk typing kind of administrator. It's like the, the no, badass. It's, it's the dispatcher, basically. It is, it yeah. is, yeah. I mean, they could have called it that rather than administrator. Administrator. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think this one. Right, what's his he name? looks cool. I'll say Mike, that's a bit boring. Mike! Mike it is. 
It might, it might be some scratch. <laughs> yeah, you want the capitalised name. Everyone oh. else is like, Oh, yeah, sorry. And then it's like, Mike. Oh, yeah, I don't know why you're like, so <laughs> From now on, he is Mike. Mike. <laughs> Do it, Mike. <laughs> Skip. Just, just put right. that out there now. So we have five characters. Huzzah! And then we added some other characters, didn't we? Uh, had Buffy, who was our captain, um, who we used like once because she was basically trash. Um, <laughs> then we have. Pretty sure I named these two. You just read yes. them. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I definitely didn't call one Hank and one Nigel. Actually, I think Hank was a group. A group. A, <laughs> a joint decision. A joint decision. Because yeah. we thought he looked a little bit like. Oh, what's his name in um, X Men? <laughs> Don't we? I think he looks like kind of like the guy that. Nicholas oh, Beast. Holt. Oh, Nicholas. Yeah, yeah okay, yeah. He's in a lab coat, so that's fine. So, yes. And yes, Ni- Hank was our uh, immunologist. And Nigel was called Nigel because he's a sanitation officer. And I found Nigel is probably the name of someone that works in sewage. Yes. Yeah. No offense to any Nigels out there. Well, oh, it's, it's no offense. It's it's not like I associate the name Nigel with sewage, but I do associate the word sewage with Nigel. Oh, Nigel. If, if you say like his oh, Nigel, so I wouldn't Nigel. go. He works in sewage. But if you go, do you want to meet my friend? He works in sewage. I'd go. Oh, Nigel. That's how the brain works. That's where that came from. Oh dear. <laughs> We're gonna get angry emails from Nigels around the world now. I hope you know this. No, he's too busy destroying the fatbergs in London. What? The fatberg. What's the fatberg? You know the fatberg that's been blocking all the sewage in London? Like a combination of fat and like uh, the kid bathroom wipes. That's what Nigel's doing right now. Anyway, how about how our havens were named? Do you want to talk about that? Let's the havens. Our approach was we were going to take places from our favourite television comedies. So our first few, I'm just going to read off this big handy pocket-sized board. <laughs> um, so we had Scranton, of yep. course, up in the north. Um, we then had Pawnee in the uh, in the Atlantic, and then Greendale in the Mediterranean, which was a nice starting point. Probably our top three comedies, at least yeah. at the time, but probably ever. Then what we had two more havens across the rest of the game. Yeah. So uh, just off the uh, east coast of South America, we had West Covina from Crazy Aunt's Girlfriend, and then we had Farhampton, which was How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. Um, it's a nice nice thematic theme theme between them all. Especially because uh, season one for us as well, we named our diseases after kind of sitcoms, didn't we? We did. Our favourite sitcoms, so we thought we'd carry it over, which I quite liked. Okay. Yeah, because our diseases, do you remember what they were called? I do. Oh, God, I remember one. What? Influenza. Yes, that one's my favourite, I yep. think. But we also had uh, Shrewtitis. I love that. Off the office and uh, little Sebastiosis. Oh yeah, that's cool. Both <laughs> parts of wreck, which nice. I'm quite proud of our naming. If I'm perfectly honest, yeah, but, um, I like that. So we, so we carried it on. And so I guess we begin our campaign. We recorded the first and last games of season two. Let's listen to the highlights of game one, January. So we began our first game with a very important decision. What to call our cities without a supply queue? Because priorities. Washington um, is naked, which is definitely going to be my go-to term for yeah. a, a city that doesn't have any supplies on it. It's not got a supply buffer to the, to the plagues. It's a nude city. <laughs> it's a nude, nude city. But on a serious note, the game started very well. We were making great progress on the two mandatory objectives, 
we had two supply centres done relatively painlessly, with progress made on the third, as well as the three blue cards we needed for the North America recon. Aside from getting our first exposure of the game in Lagos, we were feeling positive. And it wasn't long until we completed our third supply centre in Washington, completing our first mandatory objective. Then things went downhill. Very, very fast. River gained her first exposure and came out of it with a scar. We chose Insomniac. We blitzed through our plate cubes, down to three. We had everything we needed to recon North America, one turn away from victory. All that could stop us was a bad infection draw. And so, of course, we had an epidemic. Drawing two cards. It's going to be an epidemic, though, I think. Yep, there we go. Oh, for God's sake, no, because this could lose us. There you us, go. This is three. Pence. Okay, we're infecting three. You ready? No. Cairo. Of course it is. To six. Istanbul. Uh oh. To seven. No, no, please. It's all on this card. Third one, I can't. Washington. Yes. Oh yes. my god! Oh my god! The Washington god. supply! Woohoohoo! Washington had it. That was so close! Alright then, River. It's all it's over to cube. you. That was one cube away. Oh my god. But yeah, overall, I think January went well. But I just remember being kind of taken a little bit aback, I guess, over that. Um, Season two and season one were qu- are quite different. I found that the gameplay rather was more kind of like a post-apocalyptic delivery service. I don't think I was really sold already at this point on the whole moving and dropping around supply cubes. Anything I did think I kind of warmed to that as the game went on because that was kind of the most straightforward thing as the game went on. Mm-hmm. At least that sort of stayed the same. Um, but overall, I mean, it was such a tense finish to the game in January. And, you know, that sort of was very similar to our previous experiences of Legacy. So that's quite nice and comforting in its own weird way. I think it's very much a sort of starting game, isn't it? To kind of ease you in. Mm-hmm. Even at this stage, I wasn't I'm so keen on the idea of recon, even at this point. And I don't think I was proved wrong later on, particularly. <laughs> um, obviously... We'll, get, we'll touch on that more later but yeah wasn't necessarily sold on that and didn't particularly enjoy that I enjoyed discovering the map still but yeah well I think I one of the best parts was hard. sticking on like the, the the stickers of the recon and like there's like nothing connecting these cities there's you can't get to these cities there's no lines and having the ability to make the map your own yes. was pretty cool oh yeah don't get me wrong, I mean like as in literally the process of trying to assemble, I know, three oh, the, the um, cards yeah. when you're already trying to also do your supply centres and yeah. everything else in the game. That's part of that kind of work, going back to that word of overwhelmed. That was very much like, a, I really want to do this, but I've got so many other things to do. And yeah. in the end, sometimes we just peter down to just not achieving any of it. Well, I think... I. I... On reflection, I think so much of the game actually forced you to play two games a month and just set yourself up for the yeah. next go. So you can't do everything, but hey, maybe this month I can build a supply centre and make it permanent at the end of the game, or do this and make um, sure, to, yeah. or do load of roads and get new cities on. It almost had a bit of like a 4X strategy game type thing in it as well. Obviously, the Fog of War is a big thing in those sort of games. But also then, okay, I need to explore the map. I need to build these things and landmarks. At the end of each game, I've got production that I can use to upgrade my 
my buildings make them permanent on my characters so that I can do this next in the future. And it had that, probably one of my favourite bits about the game was that sort of ever increasing skill pool and buildings permanence is probably really cool. Just there was so much more going on that I couldn't quite hope that wasn't quite a central enough tenant. Yeah. But I think in the early stage, I think that's really cool. Just like going right, let's build a supply center. So the next month we can actually recon. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't build a supply center using yellow and also recon with yellow because it's too hard. <laughs> yeah, that's for, that's for certain. I think it's about picking and choosing your priorities. And I think certainly in the early months, I got a bit caught up in, oh, we haven't achieved this and we haven't achieved that. And getting frustrated by it but the reality of it is it is asking you're not going to be able to do all the things it is asking you to do or it is offering for you to do you have to choose what you think will be the most beneficial further down the line yeah and i I just yeah and we'll get to it when we get to that point but i just found recons when they didn't go to plan for us having then the next month it be like oh hey here it is for you. Here's yeah. the sticker. That wasn't very satisfying. Mm-hmm. But anyway. So February rolls around. February. We uh, we lost the first game. And then we won the second game. Bounce back ability. That's what it's all about. What did we achieve? We completed... Uh, oh no, we had to complete two objectives. So from the supply centre one, connect two new cities and recon. And, you know, 50-50. I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. Especially because uh, game one, yeah, we lost that first game very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, we hadn't played for quite a stretch at that point and just kind of forgot any and all strategy and how to react and things just outbreak quickly and we'd only got around to even connecting one thing so it wasn't great going forward into <laughs> game two but you know we pulled it back it together again for game two because um, we had more rationed events available to us so that kind of really helped out mm-hmm. uh, and at the end of the game upgrade we Gave us a permanent supply centre in yellow so we could quickly recon next time. To March? Yeah. So March, we had three objectives from the older mandatory build, three new supply centres. Connect two cities to the grid. Uh, recon. Recon? Am I getting recon? Recon. Yes. Recon one unknown region. Complete two searches. Access a lost haven. Now, I remember that access a lost haven thing threw us for a loop because at that point we were like, How? Mm-hmm. do you do that we had no clue I think <laughs> we even like checked online didn't we to make sure we hadn't like screwed yeah. up a rule somewhere because it was a bit kind of like oh okay we have missed <laughs> something here yeah um, but yeah we lost both of the games in March yeah March game one started pretty well we'd resolved two of the objectives within a couple of terms uh, revealed South America region uh, which then in turn revealed that there'd be more labs out there. Buenos Aires was added to the grid, yada yada. Um, but it was just that um, supply centre objective, again, that really did it in for us, didn't we? Yeah. And, but then even because when we didn't achieve that, we also didn't really achieve any of the other objectives either. Yeah, yeah. And I think those are the sort of games that really, those were the... The bad ones, I think, for us. This was a dry spell over the spring. And I don't think we are not alone in that. I've seen online that March, April is kind of known for being the really tough point in this game. Yeah, so yeah, March game two we lost and then we knock into April and we, we thought, well, we've just gone through a month of losing two games. Let's just lose another two. That's not quite how we wanted it to go. I'm perfectly honest. I definitely made notes that game two of March, game one in April were probably two of the 
two of the worst. These were the ones where I said earlier that sometimes your setup time is longer than your playing time. These ones really felt like that. We had some truly terrible initial draws, didn't we? Yeah, we and, were pretty rough. you know, it would stop before we even had a chance to get anything rolling. Yeah. And I think this was the point where I was getting really resenting that difficulty. And it just didn't feel like you could eat... Like, games like Eldritch Horror and stuff we've spoken about before, really enjoy those. They're hard games. You don't often win, but they're fun. Yeah. To, even fun to lose. This wasn't fun to lose. This At this point, no. frustrating. Because <laughs> like you say, it's set up for longer than you play. And it doesn't feel like you can do anything different to change anything when it's that initial draw that's really just... Yeah. Put a spanner in the works. I mean, it didn't help at this point, also. We hadn't discovered that Lost Haven, had we? We hadn't done the Lost Haven. Which no. obviously had its benefits. Um, so that obviously <laughs> made it hard. We did get some plot in the form of we found we found some uh, coordinates for labs. Oh, I don't think we found it. Archives. Oh, archives. Did. <laughs> so, okay, we were told. <laughs> uh, so that wasn't even a success. No, we were just given it. No. All right. Well, we got plot in April about we did. the labs. We got plot. So, plot, more plot was introduced. Um, but yeah, I don't I think, think that we was found a nice one. touch. Yeah. And also, this is another thing I've really sort of thought about since we finished the overall game. We could have read more into the journal entries and the archives because there are hints in there, perhaps things you should be potentially looking at giving you rough idea where things might be. And I think we kind of didn't pick up on those. They're very subtle hints, but I don't necessarily know if we picked up on them. Mostly, I certainly didn't because I wasn't necessarily that into the journal entries and archives. Yeah. We'll get onto that again probably a bit more later. (laughs) It's just generally as a thing that I was just kind of a bit like not that interested. I was a bit feeling a bit, again, overwhelmed by all of the plot kind of happening to me and not really getting very invested in it and as a, a result probably missed some hints that hey you should possibly be looking here and we definitely didn't yeah. do that <laughs> at the end uh, at the second game in april i started taking notes didn't i now that was a fun experience <laughs> we just looked at me like oh god oh, the, no. in- the infection notes yes because i was so frustrated by how difficult we were finding it I started taking notes because I think it even mentions in the rule somewhere that this is allowed and, you know, possibly even advised, certainly for, like, the infection deck, yeah. um, keeping track of what cards are coming out. So mm-hmm. I took that advice very literally and uh, pretty much wrote down notes, which probably drove Jamie mad, but it did sort of help. It helped us win. Yeah. It actually helped us get somewhere with that. So, um, I was going to say... Started that in April, but still we still lost in April anyway. Um, and well, yeah, so note-taking did make it a bit easier, but wasn't necessarily the most enjoyable thing, but it was a uh, thing I was willing to do if it meant we could actually potentially win, which we did in May. We finally won a game yep. after four losses, which meant we got to open the game end upgrade. The, uh, not game end upgrade, the uh, turning point, didn't we? Yes. Before game turning point which yep. I don't actually remember what they give you for that was it just more supply I think it was you had three things you could use at any on any games and gives you like 15 yes. 10 extra cubes or something oh yes actually it's definitely yeah definitely that because that was one of the reasons why May was so delightfully easy to possibly even we had so many cubes because suddenly it was like the game went hey you haven't found this you haven't found that here here it is just go take it do it here are all the things so basically it just told us go enter it and you can discover what happens yeah. there so nice. obviously we did that 
uh, and that's where we found Hank and West Covina. Yep. Um, and that inoculate action, uh, which meant you could take infectional player cards out of the deck. Great. Wish yep. we had that earlier. Yep. <laughs> Thank you. All the bonuses. <laughs> but yeah, this, this was a point where it started feeling a bit more like Pandemic Season 1 with twists and new plot and mechanics. But yeah, this game was possibly a direct contrast to the ones that had come before it. And was, like I say, almost too easy because at one point every city had like at least three cubes on because we had extra cubes. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was uh, not necessarily the most satisfying victory, but it was... It was a victory. I'll take that. For, yeah, four times that we hadn't. Oh, and also we had all the ration events because we've been that bad up to Oh yeah, week. we had like 20 I had. It's nice. <laughs> but, um, well funded. Yeah, I noticed that it was like the first month since January we hadn't, you know, played two games a month as well. So yeah. that was that was nice. At <laughs> that point, yeah. Um, on to June, where do we have any new objectives? No, it's the same old, same old. Again. Brought back to Earth with a loss. Yes. From our high of a win. And yet another game where we were nowhere near any objectives. How many turns did it take us to lose game one, Charlie? Four. Four turns. So Four turns. Oh, especially, it was just, at this point, a bit of a yo-yo kind of zigzag experience, wasn't it? You know, did terribly in April. Did great mm. in May. <laughs> Back to being absolutely terrible in June again. Yeah. Um, um, but we did get Buffy and Nigel. We got Buffy, we got well. Nigel. Bonus, you know. Yes. Um, now I do remember being very angry game one of June but uh, yeah another game where it took longer to set up yeah. to play so fun times but we won game two we did uh, which was just so much better than that first game of June it was a game that for once took several hours <laughs> um, and it really just felt like we earned that victory as opposed to the May game where everything was kind of almost like handed to us a little bit more we handled the infection deck well Started culling it down again, like with the inoculate yeah. action, so we finally got to start using that. I think we both felt a little bit dubious about that, because I think we were sort of feeling a bit like, hmm, we know Pandemic Legacy well enough now to know that putting, like, infection cards in a box is probably going to come and bite us. Yeah, that and, and that's the thing that caught up with me probably about this time, maybe in a month or two earlier, is that you know now to be wary of new mechanics, and yes. new mechanics get added, and there are a lot of new mechanics, it felt a lot quicker that everything built up in this game compared to season one and definitely this time again oh this is gonna bite in the back who's gonna be the traitor this time what yeah. crap's gonna happen if i do this action too much yeah <laughs> um, Which, again perhaps made us a little cautious yeah more cautious than we perhaps needed to be yeah but it's the end of the world so why not be a little bit cautious exactly. but yeah and i think we did a lot better job this month as well of connecting the map up a lot better we added more sea routes more roads and I think at this point in the game, we'd added the lookout skill onto a river, which meant she could take a city card matching current city from the discard pile, add it to hand, and search it once, which is my favourite. I mean, that, that was basically <laughs> so the next good. five months for you, wasn't it? Yes. That was my favourite thing to do, because I really love... Searches were probably my favourite thing. Once we started actually getting some done, I love doing them. I love scratching them off with a penny. I'm very basic. I think the only thing we didn't really get around to doing is doing more recon. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. We found that very tricky. Yeah. Um, and I think it was this point as well in the game they really started kind of building up all the hollow men are coming and you're like, ooh, what are the hollow men? July bought in the, the um, radio towers, right? Was it the, or the start of the radio towers? I can't remember if they came in in July or if, they, oh, or if it was yeah. a hint. But you had the triangulate signal thing was one of our objectives for July. 
um, yes. which I think we did as well. So then we start getting that sort of stuff into the game. And I, I think that was quite a good win in July. And it's nice to yes. win in game one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was just a nice, solid win. And I think we almost had our our star lineup probably start to form around this July. McDonald, yeah. who was our farmer. And then we had Hank, who was the... Um, Hank the immunologist, so that's the one he can take cues from the reserve. And then we had uh, River, as you just said, who was the instructor, but had that cool search thing. And then we had Mike, who was the guy that can move people about, the old sort of... Dispatcher. Dispatcher, the old, the old yeah. sort of dispatcher. That kind of was our, that was our death lineup. That was the mega lineup that was yes. like it took us the core four. Yeah. took us through to the end of the game, really. I think it's funny, really, because obviously season one, we pretty much just ran with the same people and stuck to it, didn't we? This yeah. This one, we, when we started losing as much as we did, we're like, come on, quick, find another combination. There's yeah. got to be one somewhere. Yeah. We're playing it wrong. So this was probably the star four. We're, we dabbled here and there with the other stuff, but I think these were the four that we felt comfortable playing with. Actually, I realised we haven't even mentioned the fact that we play with four. Like, a lot of two-player players probably play with two yeah is there anything you wanted to say about that i think it's just a better game when you have more abilities and characters and agency in the game i think one-on-one you don't you're only moving like two pawns around the map you can't cover all the areas if stuff happens people just Um, say it's easier though and it probably would be because i mean you might have to stick together and just keep giving each other the right cards Mm. and stuff I like four. I like it. it feels much yeah. more like a world if you've got four different people around the world and stuff like that. I agree with you. And yeah. I like the combos are better. You can if you only got two of you, you've only got like one combo you can do with four of you. There's a lot of cool stuff you can have going on. Definitely it's a lot more agree. fun. It's the same reason we, we play Eldritch yeah, before. Say, it's what we do with quite a lot of other co-op yeah. games as well. We like to play with multiple players, yeah, but again, not for everyone. But we enjoy that experience. Yeah. August then. The Hollow Men finally make an appearance Yay. because we didn't do the Black Recon. Surprise, surprise. So they were given to us. So they were given to us. Yay, my favourite. Um, <laughs> but uh, now we can try and find the signal. Yep. I think we only did one attempt in our... Oh, oh yeah, we won this game, by the way. <laughs> no, that, that's our third win in a row. Actually, yes, this was probably the best stream. What a summer. Ever. Yeah, we had a good summer. Good tropical British summer. Yep. Oh, yeah, we had like a really strong start to this game. Yeah, we did lots more searches, made some more roads across Asia. Uh, we were in a really good position with two objectives done, two supply centres to do, and only two plagues and no hollow men. But then things started to go wrong, as they often do in pandemic, and plague just built up to a really kind of tense end game where there was only like two plagues to end game and one supply centre left to build. And it was like a race against time thing that's really enjoyable about pandemic. And yeah, we had kind of a tense moment as well where we realised it could all be done on Mike's turn if we could survive until that point and very luckily we got that skip infection stage yep. card which just made it came up the turn before which meant we could just hop straight to his turn so it was wonderful and so in september we lost both games yeah <laughs> we didn't play our september game until the end of october did we and give bearing in mind um, that we tried to match it playing month for month so it kind of yep. feels like real time which is what we kind of did in season one as well yeah but at this point we just i think our enthusiasm was really starting to kind of well i think it had fizzled and that was after three games three wins yeah i think we were just starting to lose our kind of motivation to play and i mean as much as anything 
a little bit pandemic fatigue maybe not necessarily as a combination i think i think that's fair we'd planned season one the year before two games yeah. a month and we'd gone again we've been playing for almost like 18 months straight at this point and at the moment and by september the setup is just such a faff yeah this is where fiddly and tiring come into it <laughs> yeah and i think for me this is where i frustration of the earlier games meant I was always a little bit apprehensive about getting it out to play because I didn't really just want to get all like yeah I'm into it and then oh great it's done we're packing it down already and just feeling that frustrating because it was bugging me at that point yeah I wasn't like excited to see where the story was going either which I think is something we can talk about later yep and for, for me, it's the board state that started getting to me now, because now I can't even see the cities, because there's a supply centre, there's a satellite tower, there's three supply cubes, there's two hollow men, there's my pawn, and it's just kind of, it's spilling everywhere, and it's just, it got just too, too much. More cities as well, with white text. Oh, we didn't mention that earlier, did we? <laughs> I'm not a fan of the fact there's white text on yellow countries. It's, it's not Which on. makes it hard to read and hard to be like, you, you were like going, right, okay, so in the infection deck, we're pulling out this, and then I'd be sat there going, I can't find it, I can't find it, <laughs> at this particular point. And I think at this point of the game as well, there were so many actions. Like, you had like two cards. Oh, you had about 12 you, actions. You're, now, yeah, yeah, you got really built up, so turns would be, even if you really had an idea of what you wanted to do, you had to keep kind of flipping over and kind of going, oh make sure I know all of my actions and yeah. keep on top of it which probably sounds like a, a, a kind of a lame thing to moan about but I'd rather have fewer actions but yeah and I think yeah the fact that you got new actions is great because you get more combos and stuff but the actions were only relevant every odd game like yeah inoculate's a cool thing but you don't really it's not part of your strategy maybe I, I just didn't feel like chart sea lanes well we did that like three times maybe in the whole game like it wasn't yeah. massively important why not just keep it the same as supply line yeah it's the same thing it just there was too much going on and like the um the broadcast tower one with the little radio monitor thing well that was a finite number of times you could do that and then that was gone yeah so instead of just giving yourself more choice and strategy it was just these random things do this for a little bit and then you don't need to do that anymore do this and not anymore which is fine because that's why i said the narrative came out really well but as a game it just got a bit too much I'd agree with you there. Yeah, we lost both games in September. Um, the first game in particular was quite eventful. We did actually succeed in a recon for once. Uh, recon to South, a- uh, South Asia? East Asia. So there was one less objective for game two, which was nice. But yeah, then we lost game two anyway. But So now we have Reds uncovered and Utopia uncovered, which oh, is yeah. interesting. But yeah, and then we obviously had the moment where Things started coming back out of box six that yeah. you in the bar. Surprise, surprise. Um, <laughs> which was, um, but it was still quite a nice little moment, I think. But we had, like you said, we had been wary of that. We yeah, had sure. an abundance of things in that box. I think, again, at this point, I was starting to lose the plot of what was going on with Hollow Men and Utopia. Yes. I just wanted the faded back with their little, little kind of green. Translucent, translucent people, yeah. people and then zombies it's just basic <laughs> just keep saying basic we just watched the good place so yeah you're basic I'm, I'm basic now then came october which we won we won yeah it's something else new get hollow man to defect who knew you get hollow man to defect crazy i mean George, just easily convince them hey buddy get on the radio come to me oh it's weird. yeah yeah so that was nice 
But yeah, this felt like quite a, a smooth game. I think we completed the supply centres first because we had quite a lot of yellows. So we did two yep. yellow supply centres. And then we completed the hollow men defecting objective. But yes, this was the big twist, essentially, of season two, I would say. Or the, one of the biggest twists is the idea that it tell, you know they tell you you are the faded from season one. Yeah. What did you think about this? For me, so we're comparing this really to the traitor twist in season one, aren't we? Yes. Yeah. Around the same time-ish. So for me, this is cool because of the narrative, but also not cool because it didn't really impact the game like our traitor did in season one. Yeah. I will say, because I loved the whole traitor thing in season one, but also that was quite a frustration thinking back to that game when you were the traitor and then suddenly you had to be a... A regular Joe, didn't you, for the rest of that game? You couldn't choose a new character, from what I remember. So, from a mechanical standpoint, that was a bit frustrating. But I think overall, better. Yeah, but I liked it because yeah, it actually it had an impact. Was, oh my god! And it, it had that story, but also mechanic. Oh my god! The soldier's a traitor. He's ripped yeah. it up. Now we've just recruited this random haven worker to try and plug the gap. Where this was like, we're the faded. N- nothing's changed in the game. I think you hit the nail on the head there because. Those are by far my favourite moments of season one. The, hey, this disease can't be cured. Yeah. Hey, look, we have zombies now, basically. Yeah. And also then, yeah, look, so-and-so is a traitor. What are you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. I prefer those kind of moments in that game to the ones in this, where it's like, oh, hey, the world's got even crapper. And <laughs> you're all miserable. Mm-hmm. And obviously, that represents the theme quite well, but it's not fun. Yeah, there wasn't. It was just new stuff each time, and more new stuff, and it didn't really get a chance to develop. Yeah, it um, and have that feeling of it feeling yeah. like a bit of a slog at this. Point. Uh, yeah, it's hard because, yeah, but it's true. It did feel like a slog in place. So November with the complete the plan objective. Didn't... I mean, I I don't know. You, I don't know what you were about to say about it, but game one was probably one of my favourites, even though we lost, because I think immediately we're like, right, we can't win this month. This was the first month where I think we thought about it a bit more gamey. Very a planning month, yeah. We were like, right, we can't do it, but in order to do it next month, we are going to have to achieve all these things. And basically, is at this point, we hadn't connected up any of the reds, really. Yeah. yeah. So we we just made just sure making we roads. connections and more searches yeah. done. We found Jade, finally, yeah. in um, Johannesburg. And gained Bella, the scientist, whose ability is super useful. And kicking ourselves then that we didn't. Where is she actually? She's, she's not made. Not oh, she died, didn't she? She probably broke. Oh, she's yeah, probably she torn up yeah. somewhere. Oh, spoilers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and so we found Bella, and her ability is just super useful. It's being able to destroy cards in the the deck. She's nice. It, it's so useful, and yet yeah, obviously we're almost at the end of the campaign at this point yeah so that again you know it's our loss and our fault at the end of the day but it, it was just one of those games it's just like oh my god we're gonna lose we're gonna lose but it just kept on lasting somehow one more round and just managed to uh, achieve a lot for a game where we lost which is a nice feeling yeah um and not one that we were that experiencing and you know we were there quite optimistic going going into november because we we're like yeah we've only got the red one step of the plan left to do we'd achieved all the other bits to the plan yep. except the have three reds and i think the only thing is we thought we were a bit apprehensive about the fact that at this point the deck was absolutely massive yeah 
and we hadn't really culled it down in any real way. But we thought we had abilities now that we could probably try and get our way through them. We could travel across the map using them a bit more and stuff. And even I optimistically was like, yes, we might be able to do that search in Australia. But, no. spoiler, we didn't do. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 not even remotely close. And no. so, yeah, game two of November was uh, another river disaster. To wash out, really. Yeah. We just couldn't get all the reds in time. No. It's quite a short game. We just couldn't get over there enough. And it was actually Reds then that actually killed us in this game, really. Yep. Because we connected them up and we just kept on drawing them, but we weren't able to get out there because we haven't really got a fast way of getting out there. Yep. So, yeah, disaster. Failed the plan. <laughs> and then, obviously, we rolled into December where your one objective is to deliver the sample. Uh, just to remind you, it's where player carrying the sample is in Johannesburg and Johannesburg has a supply centre <laughs> somehow if possible this went worse than uh, November part 2 we had a positive start this was a uh, was it the first month we played with Bella I believe so yeah I think so because we only just found, just found her, her. Yeah. so yeah she went and destroyed some of the worst offending cards we got to Utopia really quickly because we luckily drew the airlift card and could get out there super quick but then obviously, you know, with the whole sample thing, is you have to carry the sample in you and only drive or ferry paint card costs for each movement, which we were just like, oh my God, this is never going to happen. How on earth are we going to have... Uh, we worked out, didn't we, the path would be like... Yeah, we worked it was like red, 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 black, black, yeah. yellow, yellow, blue. Yeah. Uh, you know, it did seem impossible. Um but yeah, we decided not to kind of self-infect until we were close to getting Johannesburg Supply Centre or, or even really just focus on getting like a permanent supply centre in Johannesburg because I think we had one kind of permanent yeah. slot available left, didn't we? And we wanted to get that down. We, we, didn't get, <laughs> we didn't get to that point. We were one blue card away from yeah. achieving that goal. And I would have been happy had we achieved that goal, but it was frustrating that we couldn't do it and also I was kicking myself as well because at the very least we might have been able to build a radio tower in red that would have really helped us get the reds around um but I didn't I, I completely forgot I had a three extra actions card and had I used it we would have done that so that was bad Charlie right there <laughs> oh yeah and Hank died <laughs> Hank died oh god. god bless him yeah oh he was oh that was it he was going to put loads of cubes down in Utopia because Utopia obviously was one of the you know the killers because yeah. it's got something like four or five no five uh, I had eight I think something ridiculous amount of infection cards and so he he managed to get out there he was going to put those cubes down unfortunately he had an exposure and three exposures from the end he had a skull and died if he died which he was our um, prime candidate at that point wasn't he for a uh, Yep. infecting himself so glad he didn't because we would have been <laughs> <laughs> we would have been one down um, but yeah frustrating because had he not died when he did we would have gotten those cubes down on Utopia we might have lasted long enough so frustrating but not necessarily a bad 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 game not ideal obviously nope. going into December though <laughs> part two and uh, yeah this is uh, this is what happened in December part two
With a long year behind us, we were finally at the end of the road. As we set up, we settle on a sample carrier. We decide on Bella, our scientist, as she can destroy cars on her way over, and she has the most exposure slots left. Anyone else was just too risky a choice. I think we were both relieved that this would be the last setup of Pandemic Legacy Season 2. Spirits were high. Jamie even had a little shuffling song. Things seemed to get off to a pretty good start. From the initial draw of player cards, we got the rationed event that allows you to put three cards into package six, which was now empty for us. So we chose to put three Utopia cards in package six. But of course, soon enough, we were hit with an epidemic, bringing one of those Utopia cards straight back out again. Then Bella was hit with her first exposure. Within the space of around 15 minutes, we were already halfway to losing. Plenty of cursing ensued. Bullshit. Uh, over, over to Mike. Hacking piss balls. With salad. the curses. <laughs> I'm having fun. I mean, last year was a very simple win on the last game. This is a very simple loss. <laughs> now, I know this is the highlights of our December game, but let's just take a moment to capture our morale in January. Here we go! <laughs> With December. What's Mike going to do? <laughs> just cry in his bed at night because okay. the world is lost. Okay. Now, we are making good progress destroying Utopia cards with the scientist's ability while we try to amass red cards. And we finally found ourselves at a point where we were ready to sacrifice Bella to the pandemic gods. Oh, I mean self-infect Bella for the greater good. Good luck, everyone. I'm going to go and infect myself. Okay, so one. At least we got to do it. We yeah, were really sad if we That's to do it. And somehow, for a while, things weren't so bad. Our scientist had almost all the cards she needed. She only needed two turns to get herself to Johannesburg. Meanwhile, things were looking a little iffy for my beloved character, Mike, surrounded by plague cubes and hollow men in Frankfurt. I mean, maybe he could stay there forever and it could be his new home. He has always wanted to eat the Frankfurters. I think he needs to leave Frankfurt. <laughs> get kicked out. Yeah. Bella was on the move, working her way down to Calcutta, when we made a horrifying realisation. Still need the research lab. We've just been getting rid of blues. Like it's okay. I've got four blues. I can build one. I've got. I've got you enough. Four. Uh, one, four's two, three, enough. four. Four's not enough. I've got like three. Okay, we can ping a blue. Okay. Ready for your next turn? We can get. We can maybe get one built. Somehow. Oh, God. How stupid! Know. The end was in sight. We just needed to get Bella a little bit further. It didn't seem likely, but not completely impossible. Could we actually win our last game? Bella's going. How far can she go? <laughs> um, so discard a black to move one, and then discard another black to move again. I discard a black, and discard a yellow. So Charlie, we are probably gonna be just four turns oh short, God, two actions short. we've got short. the two cards we need. This isn't... Oh, I can't. I, I'm going to have to leave the table. We're infecting three? No, I don't. I'm just going to look over here. Okay. Uh, we're into new card territory. Uh, Baghdad's not one of them. Oh, no, this is even worse. Kinshasa's not one of them. Utopia. That's it, game over. 
<laughs> I could cry. <laughs> we did. We got that? a lot closer than I thought. <laughs> we just built a Flysender. At last, it's over. Yes. The fate of humanity was in your hands. How did you do? <laughs> Look at the following two cards to see what happened next. Then calculate your score to determine the ultimate fate of your world. If you fail to deliver the sample, we have failed to save our people. Without the supplies and the sample, the faded living in the havens will die. We did not choose to have this disease. We shall soon be gone. Only the non-faded humans of Utopia will be left to repopulate the Earth. If you're reading this, we want you to know that we, the faded, were not the monsters. We were people. Our time was brief, and we inadvertently brought much pain to the world. Please remember us. What's our final score? The 394. Okay. Did not deliver 400 and below, which is the um, one, lowest. two, three, four, fifth, the lowest of the five options. <laughs> I hope someone finds this note. The mistrust between faded and normal humans was too much for the world. We were overwhelmed. Utopia may save the humans, but not us. Our efforts were great, but the burden was too heavy. We tried, we failed. Found in ruins of North Atlantic Haven. So, we had 11 losses <laughs> out of 18. Nice. Seven wins. Lovely. So, that's good. That's... What's that as a percentage, Charlie? <laughs> that is a 38% win rate. That's quick math. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, our most played character was McDonald. Yes. Um, he was played 18 times. He was played in every single game. That's learning from season one where the medic was amazing. And I was like, the farmer is this medic. He's going to have to be in every game. It's funny because I took the mick out of you for doing new characters every game. But the reality is you actually played yep. one of them throughout. And I didn't even notice. Yeah, didn't even notice. But everyone else sort of yeah. was on a bit of a rotor. Uh, which, weirdly enough, I was doing at the very beginning of the game. I was playing with lots of different characters at the beginning and then settled for about the last half of the year yep. on Mike and River, who were the second and third most played at 16 games yeah. and 13 games. Least played character, Buffy, with one. <laughs> I'm surprised Nigel's not down there too, but... Uh, Nigel had three or four goes, I think. Yeah, that's true. Got there a bit. All right. So, what's the verdict, Mr. Chad? Uh, final verdict I think it's what I said earlier I think we enjoyed season one and we were always going to get season two yes I don't think it was anywhere near as good no. I liked a lot of the stuff in it I loved the art it was yeah it just ground me down I think after a while I think it was just not as streamlined or as smart the rules weren't quite as tight I mean I struggle to compare you can't really compare it to anything because it is so unique I, and it's something I have been thinking about because I don't necessarily have the most positive feelings about the game but I feel like it's such a swingy game in some respects that someone could go into playing this and have an entirely different experience, potentially. Yeah. And you just need to go on some forums to see. Like Generally speaking, I would say most, pe- most people on average maybe found it difficult, like we did, or harder than season one. Yeah. There are people, obviously, that found it easier. Mm-hmm. But you get, again, quite a variety of experiences because it really did depend on when you found things. If you had a bad start like a really bad start, like I think we did, to be fair. It's very hard to recover and enjoy. Had we perhaps have discovered things in our own pace and, you know, discovered people like Hank and Bella earlier, discovered more of the searches because we probably missed out on some things there too. Mm -hmm. 
maybe my opinion would be a little bit different but then I would still say not that much so because the crux of it for me is it didn't grip me in terms of plot which yeah I can't quite place my finger on it because the plot in some respects there's more substance to it than season one but at the same time it wasn't as, as immersive yeah I think for me as well it's so legacy games and all of these big new games they're taking a lot from video games where they're trying to get this you know you don't just play it once you keep playing it and it's a story that grows and things like that and a lot of it especially these types of games is kind of like that procedural generation where every player has a different experience because they're doing different things it's all different um, FFG with their unique games and that like, that lost island desert island game where you know everyone's got a different game and legacy games are very much like that we're all having a different experience more so in season 2 because there's more to it there's a fog of war all our boards are going to look different we're all going to call things different names rip up different things put different stickers everywhere and I think you are going to get a big imbalance of people's experiences which is why again it's so hard to review because we had a tough time playing it for long stretches we weren't very positive about it at all like you said other people it might have happened completely differently but the designers and the publishers can't really control that. No. All they can do is, like, in season one, it was a bit more structured. In season two, they've put in a lot more, but that gives greater variability and variance in the player's yes. experience. I couldn't agree with you more. What would you say about being able to draw your own routes on the map and things like that, building your pathways and connecting them? That's up? fine. That's cool. I, I quite like that. The Fog of War thing, I'm, I liked it. I thought I'd like it more than I did. Yeah, that's yeah. I liked it, but yeah, that's I think that's that's what I'd agree with. I it was cool, but at the same time, God, it just the board just it makes the board messier. Yes. And especially when you start adding in all the other structures, it was just too much. And yeah. there's like you, I mean, we're looking at it now. There's some of the cities we've probably got three different stickers around them. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, you're going to have maybe up to three structures on on them plus a pawn, plus, you know, three supply cubes or something, plus a hollow man. It just, there was too much going on. And when you then got to also draw your own lines and stick your stickers down, which, you know, they're stickers, they're not all going to stay stuck down. No, and I'm just looking <coughs> at it now and looking at all the peeling. It just, edges. it doesn't, as again, it's not quite as great as I wish it could have been. Yeah. And I don't think they wouldn't be able to do it another way. And yes, it, it was good that, again, that was, it hung with the narrative. It was something that, you know, you were actually affecting the game board. But again, very frustrating for us as people that really did try to do the recons to, for it just to be handed it to you. I mean, they have no other way around it. They can't just yeah, yeah, yeah. not do it. They yeah. have to put in those controls. And, you know, I appreciated it, yeah. obviously. But at the same time, it's not satisfying. And it's so hard to review because it's such a good game. But at the same time, such an annoyingly frustrating game because there's just stuff everywhere. And I just yeah. can't... I just can't i just want it to be just slightly smaller just a little bit smaller and you know doable yeah so that one of the big questions would you get season three i wouldn't necessarily go into it blindly in the way that i was like yeah i really enjoyed season one i'm gonna get season two no matter what i wouldn't necessarily want to do it blindly which i think is fair enough what would you would you get season three I would absolutely get season three. I think they should be recommended for that ambition. I think they've done great things and they've clearly started a trend. I mean, Legacy season one and two are right up there on BGG if you follow the BGG ratings. I, I think it's really exciting. I love what they're doing. I love what they're being inspired by. I love the ambition and it just needs perfecting. I mean, it's all new. Board games have become a bigger business. New things are going to be tried. They're going to work sometimes. They're not going to. Um, I'd be more keen to try out a different Legacy game perhaps 
still mm-hmm. by you know the same creators and such which is why it's frustrating that we can't play Betrayal Legacy because it's just the two of us <laughs> but maybe I've just got a bit of pandemic fatigue as well I don't know maybe with a bit of a break I could be a bit more <laughs> predisposed to pandemic again do you think there's an element of play as well that when we were playing season one it was one of the earliest games in our collection when we were playing this game our board game collection was starting to push towards I don't know 40 games maybe and we'd been going to board game cafes and things like that we'd learn more about other games and learn perhaps more about what we enjoy and sort of found that because I know that certainly swayed me in terms of I didn't want to necessarily reach for this game because I knew I had better games on the shelf that I wanted to play do you think that has an impact I think so it? yeah especially when we talk, talked about setup time and how quickly you could lose it for you know the time that we could set up pandemic we could probably play two games of one of the other short games we got by the time we set up and then lost really quickly we could have probably played three games and had a better yeah. <laughs> um absolutely i think and i think also we've become more knowing about game mechanics especially pandemic mechanics having played season one and so you, you can just see the see the mechanics a bit more and you can game it a bit more and then it becomes less immersive um which is what you know i think fair enough we can write down the infection deck and stuff but then you're you're teasing out like those mechanics doing that and I think we I'm being prepared for a traitor type mechanic or a twist that would change things and inoculating things coming back to bite us in the ass I think we can see those sort of things and you start to be a bit wary and more cautious and it just doesn't doesn't quite catch you in the same way and then then you go ah but you know do you want two games of patchwork instead or ah Jaipur's just there should we play that um absolutely I think there's a that sort of choice to be made yes then Jamie bottom line Two players want to play a game. Do you recommend this game? I think if you've bought into one, you buy into two. And I think you should buy into one. It's expensive though, do you think? Uh, it is. But I think uh, if you put... I, I think it's worth it. I think you get enough play out of it. Um, oh yeah, there's no doubt about that. You yeah. probably get more play out of a, a legacy game should you see it through yeah. to the end than you would a regular game speaking of which like what do we do with it now <laughs> i asked some members of the board gaming community on instagram what they did with their games we had quite a varied response for that and that some people like us it stayed on the shelf uh, they haven't quite decided what to do with it yet some people who have just still kept it as part of the collection um others who've gone really artsy with it and framed it and like stuck all the bits on and kind of made it really look cool and i've seen some people people's photos of this online and some people really it does look good however i'm not sure i could i would do that myself mm-hmm. i like the idea of it but then i know i it will be like about two years from now i've got enough craft projects that don't see the light of day <laughs> to add to it so i think i would do perhaps what a couple of others that i've seen have done and that is i mean obviously with your agreement probably Recycle the components because you're quite into your game design off and on, aren't you? Yeah, can take you the like a few bits and bobs, and then probably recycle the rest, which is sad. But the only other thing to do is get pandemic season three and then burn number two as some sort of sacrifice to the pandemic gods. Yeah, that's... and hope that it brings you good luck. <laughs> quite like that. <laughs> Maybe should do that. Option safe. three. Yeah. Um, yeah. On that note. Shall we leave it there? <laughs> I think I think that's all we can say on that. I think that's all I want to say about Pandemic Season 2 for, yes. for a good long time. <laughs> oh, 
That sounds good. Well, we've enjoyed. Have you enjoyed this experience? Have you enjoyed coming back to? I have. It's been very cathartic. Yeah, good to have a good little moan. It's a shame it wasn't a bit more of a positive kind of a thing. Although, I mean, you kind of recommended it, so. Hey? I would definitely recommend it. Yep, absolutely. I mean, that's not great as a, a reviewer. The same yeah. reason I would always recommend seeing Matrix Reloaded because the Matrix, the first one, was so groundbreaking that you should always follow through and watch the rest of the trilogy. And this is only going to be a trilogy. We're not going to be sat here in 20 years talking about Pandemic Legacy Season 9. They're not going to do it. It's going to be three and you're out, and I think it's definitely worth investing in that trilogy. Um. Anyway. We've been happy to be back. We're happy to be back in the world of the podcast. Uh, we'll be back talking about another game, which is yet to be decided, but we will be back. We'll go deep on another game. Probably not quite as deep as we've no, gone this month. No, I will say that this has very much been something I've been planning for quite a stretch of time. And <laughs> for about a year. <laughs> yes, it's been a year in the making. Yeah. And so I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, you know, share it on social media and subscribe to us because we're cool. Yeah. And keep checking out our reviews on competitivecouple.com. Yes. We'll have a few more next month as well. Absolutely. You can check out Keyforge, been on there recently, and Lost Expedition is to come as well, very yes, shortly. Very shortly. So, yeah, hope you enjoyed. Bye for now. Ta da! Bye! The sound effects used in this episode were from zapsblatt.com. Our theme music is the track Oblivion, courtesy of Kevin McLeod at incomptech.com, licensed under Creative Commons. We also use the tracks The Descent and Urban Gauntlet, also by Kevin McLeod at incomptech.com, and the track Contamination is from purpleplanet.com. Thank you.